Welcome to Have the Edge podcast for business leaders and entrepreneurs. Every week we share content to add value to you and your business. Today we will discuss a topic that you do not want to miss. Your hosts today are experienced coaches, speakers and trainers from Have the Edge. Please check out business services we offer by visiting www.havetheedge.org. Are you an entrepreneur? Visit our website to subscribe to Entrepreneur Space. Hello everyone and welcome to our Sunday Live. I'm glad you're joining us. I have got today Vaz with us, who's joining us all the way from India. And I've also got Rick, who is currently in Abu Dhabi. Hi guys. Hi. Hello. Good to see the two of you. And um, what we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about whether your personality style is compatible with working virtually or working from home. So I'll actually go to Rick. Rick, what are your thoughts on this? So I think there are uh, people whose personality styles definitely fit a working from home model. Unfortunately, I'm not one of them. I need to interact with people. I'm the kind of person, I don't even want to pick up a phone, much less email. I want to go to your office. I want to go talk to you. I want to make eye contact with you. And I want to have a conversation, maybe even a cup of coffee together. But there's other people I know who just are not like that at all. They'd prefer you just give them a task to do, leave them alone, get out of their way, and they'll get it done. Mm. Okay, and uh, what about you, Vaz? What are your thoughts on the virtual working and personality styles? So, and I, and I want to bring out uh, one distinction between working in person and working remotely. Um, Communication-wise, right? Like Rick said, there is so much we understand from each other, the body language, yeah. the distance, the the cup of coffee you have, the conversation becomes a lot more intimate. Ah, there you are. Um, so there are many things that are part of that face-to-face -face working style, right? And I love the coffee uh, conversations. I love the Xerox machine conversations. Um, so they're, they're really something that makes you close to somebody working in your office. So what happens when it becomes virtual is the question. So we lose a lot of those clues, right? If we were to look at communication and we have always have said about 45% is verbal and the rest is nonverbal, 55% is nonverbal. Now in that nonverbal, we are losing that big chunk of 40% maybe, 30 to 40, 35, 40% maybe. So that's the loss that this virtual environment brings. So obviously now based on the personality that you are, that would definitely bring about a challenge. So now depending on what kind of a personality you are, you would probably adapt or you would face stress. Mm. So I think this is definitely a situation that has brought a lot of things outside that we we need to address. Hmm. An interesting actually point that you just bring about because how do we address it? 
you know, how do we go about our lives now? How how do we, um, without being able to read the, the cues, the nonverbal cues that you're talking about face-to-face, -face, how do we pinpoint um, certain communication that we're missing out on? Um, I think perhaps we should start asking a little bit more open questions when we're checking in with one another, uh, particularly when it comes to management um, and their communication with their staff. You know, you would never really ask, are you well today when you were in the office environment? You would just walk in the normal standard question, are you okay? Uh, and uh, normally you get the standard answer. Sorry, my dog's barking. <laughs> Um, yeah, and normally the standard, standard answer is yes, yes, I'm fine, even if the person is not okay. So maybe we should start asking a little more open uh, questions, a little bit more sensitive questions. Are you well? How are you coping? How are you feeling today? Again, another one that you would not normally ask in the workplace as such. Um, maybe we, we need to change the way that, that we are actually questioning one another to be able to to compensate for those nonverbal clues that we are that we are missing, but one thing, <laughs> one thing that I will say that's is, one of the adaptations of virtual work. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's either kids or the dogs, but it became the norm now. You know, if before it wasn't, it it certainly now is. And um, another thing that uh, will help you in the communication, I think, in the working environment, certainly. I would say having your staff profiled, that will help a lot. Do you not think having that clue of whether they're more introverted when they work from home? And those are the ones that you need to pay more attention to, I think, because they will not be openly communicating how they feel as opposed to more extroverted staff that you might have uh, who will wait for you to ask if they're okay and will give you a uh, verse and chapter on how they're feeling. You know, and sometimes you don't even have to ask. They will let you know right away. <laughs> so knowing that could help. What do you think on that, Rick? You know, I'm glad you said it that way because uh, we talked earlier in one of our other sessions about the personality profiles for workers. But what we didn't talk about was personality profiles for jobs. So there is a job personality that we can measure so that once we know what that particular job requires, we can actually try and match that personality with the person who we want to fill that job. Let me give you an example. We might have uh, two people who are highly qualified for an opening as uh, maybe a treasurer or a con controller for a company, a financial vice president, whatever it is. And uh, they have uh, high degrees. They might have an MBA from very prestigious universities. Uh, but their personalities may be completely different. Technically, they're both highly qualified, yet the job requires meeting outside people and, and uh, bringing in clients and, and talking with clients and making clients feel comfortable. So one of those two people might be very good in that personal skills aspect where the other would just assume that you would let them go to their uh, office and work on their spreadsheets and work on all their financial uh, dealings that they want to do. They just kind of want to be left alone. So knowing the personality of the job you're trying to fill and the personalities of the candidates to fill those jobs could go a long way to trying to match the right person with the right job. You know, that's really interesting that you should say that because when I conduct this trainings, I do, I don't know if you do it in your trainings, maybe you do because 
I discover the more we communicate, we do very similar things, including reading very similar books, the same book, shall I say. <laughs> and uh, there is this exercise that I conduct in my training. So I ask, I give a, a sheet of different tra traits for the salesperson, outgoing, persuasive, confident, and the list goes on. Um, so that you can find all four different styles within those traits, but they're all scattered and mixed together. And I asked them to pick the traits for the salesman that they would like their salesman to have. Uh, and they very often end up with an eye personality style automatically just by the traits that they pick. So always raise a question, wouldn't it be easier if we advertised um, for a job role, for a job position with the traits that we want, then we would more likely match personality style that we want for that job position. So that's a very interesting point that you raised. And um, what do you think on that, Baz? I think very interesting uh, <clears throat> point that Rick brought. Um, I think the personality profiling is very, very important. And especially in this virtual world, mm -hmm. I would say people who will be able to cope are more probably people who are extroverted. Um, while it might take a little more effort for introverts to kind of deal with this word virtual environment. I think personality has a very, very big role in how one perceives this new virtual environment. And it's not that we, we have a hybrid environment where we, we still have the opportunity to meet, right? That is gone for some time now. So, so the physical environment is completely gone and the virtual environment is the new way for at least a few months as I see it. Now this brings a huge uh, challenge. And I think in this challenge, um, I would feel that extroverts would be able to <clears throat> deal with it a lot more faster than introverts. Do you know what? It's really interesting because I'm actually listening to you and I'm disagreeing with you in my mind because I think it's extroverts are the ones that are struggling the most, you know, working virtually. I think they're climbing walls because they need that face-to-face -face interaction a lot more than introverts do. So I've got slightly different view on, on that one because I think uh, introverts, being one myself, um, I'm quite happy not to have that day-to-day -day interaction you know, for me, if I do not have interaction for two days, I'm not climbing walls, so to say. And, uh, you know, I've got extroverted people in my family and I can see the difference because for them, it's difficult um, to be to be working virtually. So I, I, I brought this because I'm observing. I'm observing a lot of people in my circle of friends and, and professional circles that I work with. Um, <clears throat> I think the extroverts have the need to talk at least face to face and, and stuff like that. The need is there, so they will put the effort. Yes, there is stress and they will probably uh, have to cross that threshold of that um, stressful situation to get used to it. But I think introverts are very happy uh, doing what they are doing and, and they they're in their own shell, for, for example. 
So, however, it, it we can't separate these two, right? I mean, we need to get them to work together. And when that requirement of getting to work together happens, the extroverts are more conducive to a possibility of working, whereas the introverts need to be pushed quite a bit mm, to get to work. What do you think, Rick? I mean, we're all introverts. <laughs> So it's interesting that, that we're discussing this. It would be interesting to have an extrovert there. Well, if we did have one, as you guys know, we wouldn't I, be able to get the word in. So I am a D and I, so I, I, oh, I am an extrovert. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. as, do you know what? I would have never guessed. I always thought you are introvert. You are a yeah. D and I. Yeah, my D, my D is, is higher than I. Yeah. So um so by by virtue of doing meditation and lot of that i kind of controlled my d okay <laughs> that explains it a lot because <laughs> you do a lot of spiritual work as well don't you Baz? yeah i i do meditation and that helps kind of bring about what's necessary at what point of time you become more mindful that way. okay so we have got extroverts in the group that's great. What, what are your thoughts on this, Rick? Do you, so who do you think will struggle more, introverted or extroverted people? What's your take well, on it? I'll, I'll speak for me. I, I am uh, highly reserved, so highly, uh, highly introverted, but almost equally between uh, people and, and task-based. So the, the introverted, uh, task-oriented person is perfectly fine to be left alone and let me do my work, but my, my S side my my people side of that equation makes me want to go check on people make sure they're okay make sure they're getting what they need can i support them what can i do to help all that stuff so so i struggle i struggle both ways with this i'm okay with leave me alone but i i really do need that interaction with other people yeah well, that's interesting. And what do you think the introvert of introverted people? Have you observed them working virtually? Have you seen the ways that they cope? I have um, seen. So I, I know quite a few extroverts, and they uh, they find a way to interact. Yeah. And uh, what I will say, it's in the mean of just dropping in on a phone call unexpectedly and just chatting for half an hour. And I think that's their sort of uh, let out, let off valve, if, if you like. So they find ways, I find, uh, to satisfy that need for, for interaction, for active conversation and discussion. Um, I don't know, have you encountered anybody, any, any extroverts and perhaps the coping strategies that they've developed because of the new environment that we're working in right now? I would say that I, my experience is pretty much the same as yours. Those people who, who need to interact will find a way to do it. It's in their nature. They have to do it. They will find a way to do it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've experienced exactly the same situation, and it's so interesting to observe. And, you know, what I, what I will say as well, another situation I observed, you know, is um, very extroverted people who were working and studying from home. So uh, Stephen, I'll mention Stephen, who was on the hypnotherapy course, and it was all online. He was really struggling with it. He actually quit it. And he said he will only go back when it's back to normal face to face, because he couldn't be on zoom all day. It was almost distressing for him. He couldn't cope with it. Um, so that's another interesting coping strategy. He just completely put it to the side and left it alone. 
So what is our advice as DISC professionals, uh, as DISC trainers, what is our advice for employees who are managing those people, different personality styles working from home? And I will go to Vaz with this one. So what's the advice here? What's the takeaway for everybody watching? So as, as Anne, you were talking about your colleague in the hypnotherapy thing, I had a similar experience where I had to sit through um, a couple of hours, six hours of training with an hour break and maybe a 15 minute break in between snack break, bio break or whatever. It was really, really difficult. It was extremely difficult. And, and that's where I think the, the extroverted personality will face challenges. Um, so having said that, I think um, in a virtual environment and where we have to work, I think it makes sense to slice it into smaller uh, meetings, mm -hmm. maybe maybe an hour, max 90 minutes meetings and nothing beyond that because if you have to bring all of them to a common um, situational uh, perspective, I think it is very important. Uh, I just felt that I was switching off. Yeah. I, I kept my, I, I switched off my video, I took a walk, I came back. Um, so it was very difficult for me to sit beyond, I would say 90 minutes. So I think um, that's a very important thing. I'm speaking as an extrovert uh, now. I can also be, uh, okay sitting for long but i thought sitting for long was more challenging yeah so i think a little bit of um structuring of meetings and discussions and stuff like that um should be should be done to make people uh, to make most of them comfortable i'm not i'm sure not everybody will become comfortable at the same um, way that others would be, but I think there will be differences, but majority of them, I think 90 minutes would be a reasonable time for an outer limit meeting. Mm. So, so that's advice from Vaz, structure your meetings in such a way that you do not lose the extroverts because they switch off after 90 minutes. But to be honest with you, Vaz, uh, I mean, if the meeting is boring, I'll switch off after 30 minutes. <laughs> don't have boring meetings. <laughs> No, I'm saying even if the meeting is interesting, yeah, okay. um, it's very difficult to sit beyond, beyond, beyond 90. Yeah, yeah. And uh, again, you know, I'm on the course at the moment as well, and we had two-hour sessions. And again, I'm introvert. I think it's too long, you know, uh, for anyone, generally speaking, you know. Um, but yeah, that's a good advice. Don't have, well, don't have boring meetings. Don't have long meetings. <laughs> Make sure it's interesting and let people maybe chat in between if they're extroverts. Yeah. Create breakout rooms there in Zoom so they could go in, into different rooms and get to know one another. So that's your coffee coffee machine break, Vaz, so that you can chat to people on the course and have that little interaction because that charges up the extroverted people. And then you bring them back into the session, you know, because that's what happens in the normal study environment. when we were Just the thought of that is bringing my energy up. <laughs> How much of that we are missing you can imagine <laughs> there we go breakout rooms this facility on zoom um where you could just allow people to chat you know so so, so that's that's another good tip what about uh you rick what tip would you, would you give to businesses and um business owners when it comes to managing those different personality styles working from home some do better some don't do that well 
what would you say? So here's what I was thinking. Uh, I remember Jim Collins in his book, Good to Great, talks about getting the right people on the bus. But he says, that's not enough. Because now, once you get the right people on the bus, you've got to put them in the right seats. And here's where I think we can help because we can help employers match the personality styles of the job. <laughs> match the personality of the job to the personality of the candidate. And, you know, we've talked earlier, here's, here's a crisis we're in the middle of, this whole COVID crisis. And why not find the opportunity in the middle of this crisis, maybe to, to make those kinds of shuffles so that we can put the, the or match better match the personality style of the job with the person and and we'll make a stronger company and a stronger performing organization from it all right great so um rick is talking about actually profiling for job position which i think is great because i've met people well i met a person who was an accountant and he's a very high eye and i said okay How's that going for you? <laughs> and he said, great, because he was managing his um, client accounts by actually visiting the clients face to face. That explains a lot. And I guess, as Rick said, it's what the job requires uh, because there could be an accountant, um, accountant position where you're sitting in the corner of the office and you're not interacting with anybody else. And there, there, there could be an accounting position uh, where they are required to actually manage their accounts face to face and perhaps leave mo most of their accounting work uh, for, for an assistant, let's say. And that will require a totally different personality style to be successful. So that's a great tip. Um, just profile your staff before you hire them or maybe profile them to place them in a better position after you hired them as well. That's possible too. And if you want to do this, all you have to do is get in touch with us just email us at info at havetheedge.org and we will take it from there. We will see where you are at and how we can best assist you. Uh, so that's it from us today. I hope you found it really useful. Like I said, you can always get in touch with us over email and um, we'll look forward to seeing you again next week. Thank you guys for being there. Thank you. Bye. So long. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Have The Edge podcast please leave us a rating and a review. Visit our website at www.havetheedge.org to explore our business and entrepreneurial services. If you have any queries, please email info at havetheedge.org and to keep up to date, please follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn and Instagram. <laughs>